And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Full Time with Meg Linehan. You are listening to a show all about women's soccer on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Meg, your host, and I'm a national staff writer at The Athletic, covering the NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team. Now, today's episode is a great one. Marcus Thompson is back with us here at Full Time to discuss his new article that is up on The Athletic as of this morning, Thursday, March 18th. Marcus has a comprehensive deep dive into the state of the American game and its inclusion and appreciation of Black women titled, Please Don't Shrink Inside the Movement to Elevate Black Women in U.S. Soccer. Now, if you would like to read that article before, during, or after you listen to this episode, I've got the link in today's show notes for your convenience. It includes So many incredible voices from all levels of the game, and I cannot recommend enough that you take the time to read it. Okay, first on the list for today, a couple of items up top. First, you should know that we are currently running a $1 a month special at The Athletic for new subscribers in the U.S. and Canada. Take advantage of it as signing up by any article that you would like, but as always, I highly recommend that you do so via a NWSL or U.S. Women's National Team article to show that the interest is there. Second, you might have seen this on my social media over the past couple of days, but I've got a listener survey going for full time. So if you have 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes, please consider filling it out. It helps me know the audience better, helps me know what's working and what can be better. It gives me the chance to get some guests or topics that you would like to hear more on and all of that kind of good stuff that I can plan around before things truly get hectic once April rolls around and we have so many games again. So the direct link to the survey will be in the show notes, but you can also access it at any point you want via fulltimepod.com, basically at any point this month. So, and so far, like I've already gotten almost 300 responses, but I am seeing actually a solid number of asks for more historical content, and that is music to my ears, honestly. So just let me know what you think. I appreciate your time as always. Let's shift over to the news. So while this first one does not necessarily sound like NWSL news, there was some big sports business news this week with Fenway Sports Group adding new investors and new partners, including $750 million and LeBron James. But here's where the NWSL comes in. The Boston Globe reported that Fenway Sports Group has a bit of a wish list for ownership beyond just the Boston Red Sox and Liverpool FC, and it includes both an NWSL and a WNBA team. Now, it sounds great in theory, but as I wrote this week, the substandard support of Liverpool FC women gives me significant pause when it comes to NWSL interest. There is a full article up from me on that front if you would like to read more. U.S. Soccer announced the second European friendly for the upcoming April window, and it is a good one. The U.S. Women's National Team will head back to Le Havre once again to play France on April 13th. That stadium is one of my favorites from my time in France. Very cool. Uh, The game will be broadcast on ESPN2 at 3 p.m. Eastern. And of course, as I mentioned last week, this will follow the first friendly of the mini Euro trip against Sweden on April 10th. And that game will be on Big Fox at 1 p.m. Eastern. So while many of us were looking forward to Lyon versus PSG in league play last Saturday, we all have to wait with that game postponed due to COVID-19 results in the PSG squad, and that also forced them to forfeit the second leg of their Champions League round of 16 matchup against Sparta Praha, but still, PSG advanced 5-3 on aggregate. So the draw is also set for Champions League quarterfinals and semifinals. We've got 
Bayern versus Rosengard, PSG versus Lyon, Barcelona versus Man City, and Chelsea versus Wolfsburg for the final eight. The winner of Lyon versus PSG takes on the winner of Barcelona versus Man City in the semifinals, and the winner of Bayern versus Rosengard takes on the winner of Chelsea versus Wolfsburg. From there, the two teams left standing will play the final on May 16th. Some teams will not be playing at home in the quarterfinals, though, with the first league leg of Barcelona versus Manchester City set for Monza, Italy, and both legs of Chelsea versus Wolfsburg to be played in Budapest. One fun thing for the week, if you didn't take a look at the new signature Sweet Chaos boots made for Rose Lavelle by New Balance, go take a look at those photos. New Balance obviously sold out of the limited edition boots. They only released 116 pairs in honor of Lavelle's number 16. I can tell you, I will own one of those 116 pairs. (laughs) And finally... Another small step forward in the U.S. Women's National Team legal case and the pending settlement between the players and the Federation on the working condition claims. That settlement agreement is scheduled for April 12th now, and once it goes through, this will set up the players for their appeal on the equal pay front. April is going to be a busy, busy month between the appeal, NWSL Challenge Cup, the FIFA window, and all of those friendly scheduled, so basically start praying for my sleep schedule now. Thank you in advance. As promised, Marcus Thompson of The Athletic is back on the show. Once again, he is here to discuss his latest article about women's soccer. Again, that link to his feature is in the show notes so you can read it. He's one of our lead columnists on the site, and usually you will find him writing about the NBA, Golden State Warriors, maybe harassing Steph Curry via Zoom, but every once in a while we are we're lucky to get a Marcus gem on women's soccer or, you know, even Macklemore and golf. So here's Marcus. All right, so before we get to, like, the actual meat of this story, first I want to, you know, generally when I see your stories pop up, like, granted, there was one about Macklemore and golf, right? But generally you're writing about, you know, MBA, other stuff. Like, you know, every time that you you hop into my Slack DMs and are like, hey, um, I'm thinking about this women's soccer story and I'm just sitting there, like, willing myself to enable you as much as possible but like where where's the origin story of this actual story i mean do you want like the essence essence or the reason <laughs> that the reader i mean the essence the baseline like the part that you know if we were on a couch and you were my therapist <laughs> it's just i want to be cool like meg like i just want to be down like i mean that's that's the gist of it can i kick it one time uh but you know, I was watching. You know, it was such a like looking back on it. It was such a man. It was it was very nostalgic to watch the twenty twenty Challenge Cup, right? It was just like I don't get time to just watch it, you know. And mm-hmm. it was it was the only thing on, and it was hype. It was exciting. So I just remember watching it, Meg, and it just dawned on me like, yo, there's hella black women playing soccer, <laughs> and I, and I grew up covering like that's my origins was covering. Like girl soccer in the Bay Area, yeah. Which I mean, you don't get much wider than that, right? Uh, <laughs> so you know, I'll that's my roots. Uh, but you know, it was just a, it was just a very. I just remember it being this very uh, suburban white sport, mm-hmm. and there there was Brianna Scurry. There'd be some, you know, just you know, spreckles here and there, right? And it's like, all right, I mean, that's that's the game. Mm-hmm. But I just remember watching and just like going from game to game and seeing like, yo, like there's like five or six black girls on these teams. It's just a sight I hadn't seen before outside of like the Women's World Cup in France. Right. Like mm-hmm. which is uh, which was jarring to watch. But so I just wanted to write a story mm-hmm. about this. What to me felt like an explosion of <laughs> of black women playing uh, professional soccer. Uh, but the funny part was, you know, that's the, the the great thing about what we do. When we set out to write something, you know, it doesn't always end up being that. So I was yeah. I was put in my place, <laughs> like I was excited. I was like, yes, this is great. Black women playing soccer, and they were like, yeah, you know, when it's cool. But let me tell you some things. <laughs> so I was like, oh, 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 I didn't know. I just saw a bunch of black women playing soccer, and I felt like. This was a story that should be told, especially uh, after the importance of, you know, the Challenge Cup played, like, while we were all having this discussion, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that I thought, you know, the other time I was 
divinely blessed to be on this podcast. And please tell your wife I use the word divinely on a podcast. But, uh, she's legitimately teaching her class right I, now. <laughs> I can hear her in the background being like, the apocalypse. And I'm like, oh, okay. No, right? So, yes, he's like, yo, he used divinely. Uh, the last time I was on here, we were talking about, like, Casey Short, right? And Julie mm-hmm. and that moment they created. So, I just, you know, I felt like it was just important to tell the story. But uh, I, I learned I learned more than I ever imagined to learn. Yeah, I mean, I remember you reaching out to me and saying, like, okay, I think I want to write this story. And then, you know, this story has been a long time in the making as well, too. And I wanted to talk to you about in terms of what was what was the first interview you did for this? Because, I mean, in terms of, like, number of voices in the story, you've got to be pushing double digits. But, I mean, it's it's basically, like, every element of kind of the world of American soccer. But who was the first person that you actually talked to? Lynn Williams, and it was exciting, and it was fun, and this is when the story was different, right? This mm-hmm. is when it was hooray for soccer, yeah. for actually being uh, what they purport to be, right? For saying, we're going to do this, and we care about this, and Black Lives Matter, and actually like having mm-hmm. the fruit to produce it, right? So, you know, Lynn was fun, she was, uh, she was super honest, right, and so it, it, it was her. She started it. And she was the first one that was like, I mean, I appreciate what you're doing, but let me, <laughs> I got to holler at you about some things, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she was, she was the first one. And I was, you know, I was just trying not to stand. <laughs> I mean, what, I feel like once you talk to Lynn Williams for the first time, it's just like, how do I, how do I interview her as much as possible? I mean, I remember her. It was like the season where she won NWSL MVP in Golden Boot. Yeah. And I think I sat at her table at the media day for that NWSL championship and just was like, what if I don't talk to anyone else and I just sit here and listen to Lynn William talk? <laughs> like, all that's, day. You can do it all day. Yeah. Don't let her get on Fresno, too. Man, it's on. Man, it's on. I was like, let's go. Tell me about Fresno. <laughs> all right. So I want to start. I mean, the first line of your story is... Brianna Pinto is the future. And I want to talk to you because she kind of frames. Hey, you, first off, I haven't read this since I wrote it, right? <laughs> and that just gave me chills. Is that really my first line? That is your first line. Yo, and it that is standalone. That is fire, yo. That's <laughs> no. fire. I like that. All right. It's like, like, really? I'm nice. Yeah, it is. But she frames a story. Like, you, you start with her. You start with her on the stage while she is making the pitch for the 2026 World Cup, she is representing the United Soccer Federation at the U.S. She's saying, I am yeah. the face of U.S. soccer in this moment, but I look out into this audience and I don't see anyone else that looks like me. And then mm-hmm. we kind of go through this whole journey of the story, right? And then by the end, it's kind of like she is primed for this moment and not just on the field, but all of the other stuff off of it. And so Brandon Pinto has been on this podcast before, um, again, the same kind of thing with Lynn Williams. Like once you talk to her once, you're just like, okay, well, I'm a fan for life. And <laughs> that's just how it is. But Yo, in terms of <laughs> her viewpoint, like why was it important to, to kind of view this story maybe through her eyes a little bit? So, I, you know, like you said, this story had been brewing for a while. And partially because like this is not what I do mainly. And, you know, I could work out the pieces. But admittedly part of it is like what am i doing like what's the point you know and i I don't really necessarily like the stories that don't have a moral to the story right like what's the point and uh i talked to her at you know she she did she did this podcast or interview with crystal dunn right Mm -hmm. that made me be like okay that's kind of where i want to go um and then you recommended her right to talk to her and then I talked to her, and she just kind of was like, yo, this she, this is it. Like, this is Neo in the Matrix, right? Like, she is that moment where he realizes, yo, I am the one, and everything turns to digits. And he's like, <laughs> you know, I'm talking to her. So I'm like, oh, yo, she's it. This is it right here. Yeah. Um, the the what I wanted to what I wanted to do was make sure there's something looking forward, right? There's something what what, what are we gonna do now? Um that I don't know. I've I've just written and read about these types of issues all my life, and it just feels like we could complain about it, 
you know, but mm-hmm. like, what's the productive conversation? So when I talked to her, I was like, this is it. I have it. Like, here's a sport that clearly wants to do better, right? Here's a sport that, from my mind, outside of the WNBA, kind of did the most authentic, like, we're about this. Let's do it, right? And and universal. Uh, so this was the way to kind of bridge that, right? Like, here's here's where soccer was, but here's where it can go. And right. she just she just brought a lot of optimism to it. And like Brianna Scurry was the last person that I talked to because you know I finally got a hold of her. And then it just made perfect sense because Scurry was the one black woman soccer player, right? That was mm-hmm. the one. She she was the Tiger Woods, so to speak, right? Back <laughs> yeah. in ninety nine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like uh I mean Brandy Chastain was the the star because of the moment, but Scurry was she was she was a part of that in a major way because she got the uh the 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 PK stop, right? Mm-hmm. So she had been that kind of figure for me. So and I I I'm sure you've talked to Brianna, but like talking to her is like a motivational speech. Like <laughs> there are literally times where I'm talking to her where I'm like, let's go. <laughs> like, you know, like she she gets you height, right? And so she's essentially talking to Brianna through me. Like she's saying we don't give up. We keep going. Look at Billie Jean King. This fight doesn't stop. Like when we need somebody to keep it going. So it just, then it kind of all came together. And that was the point where you could see, I actually started putting words down, right? It was like, I actually have a piece now, mm-hmm. but Brianna just felt like I knew I wanted to start with that moment where she was basically representing soccer for America. Like this little black girl from North Carolina, <laughs> right? Is representing soccer for America, yeah, which in 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 uh, uh, where were they in Moscow? Yeah, wherever that presentation uh, yeah. was. I mean, like, yeah, th- yeah. Th- that that alone is a major thing, right? right? To put to put this this young woman as the representation of American yeah. soccer was a big deal. So I knew I wanted to start there, but I also knew I wanted to end with like one of Brianna Scurry's speeches, right? So it's like, who is she talking to? Who can who can sort of pick up the baton? And it's 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 Pinto, man. It's like she is it. She is she is it in every way. <laughs> it's impressive that like she's yeah. really like forty seven inside. <laughs> she right? is like, <laughs> she is like truly when she started running for the athlete council, like they yeah. had a media plan ready to go. And she she sent me this email. She's got this professional email signature, and I was like, <laughs> you are. You are it's more nuts, put together right? than I am right now. <laughs> Can you imagine at 20? At 20? At 20? There's no way. There's, there's no way. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, it's just, wild. it's so, she's just, I mean, like, I just feel like she is light years ahead of the rest of us. And the one, the the other person I remember being just like absolutely marveling at in terms of like, you're the future I just remember being at the NWSL draft when Midge Purse was drafted to the Boston Breakers and she basically yeah. held court for 10, 15 minutes in the mix yeah. zone. And all of us were just like, this kid, like, you can just see this future, like, coming. And you're just like, I just want to cover you for, like, this is amazing. Like, you should be running things already. And you have not played yep. a single game. I'll like, tell you, it's, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. That, that, they make you feel great about the future, right? Yeah. They make you feel like, yo. Y'all, y'all gonna, y'all got this. Yeah. Matter of fact, we got a little room to mess up even more. Y'all gonna save everything. We'll be all right. <laughs> I want to, I do want to talk to you though about kind of, because I think that there is this through line of generations in this yeah. story where you have Scurry, you have players like Crystal Dunlin Williams, but even like there's kind of this, I don't want to say lost generation, but the the two players that I kind of think of in the middle there are someone like Angela Hughley's Daniel Slayton, like that era. Yes, yes, yeah. Into Crystal Dunn, Lynn Williams, and then obviously we have like Midge Purse, Brianna Pinto coming up, and that you can just kind of see the baton passing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But one of the things that I've been struck with in the stories that I've been writing recently is that, you know, you do have this little WSA section in here. Um, particularly about the yeah, that's my era. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Let's and as go, I was reading it, as I was reading it today, I looked up because I actually have a like a banner from the 2001 Founders Cup like championship game above my desk. Oh wow! 
because I was I was there. I have almost no memory of this game from being there. In Are person. you literally old enough to be there? There's no I way. I worked for the Boston Breakers the first year. What are you of... like? Twenty seven <laughs> years old? There's no way you're old enough. You were like a fan. With, like, I was I was a tiny fifteen year old. I will send you the photo of of me wow. and my way too big Boston Breakers polo uh, from two thousand and one with Christine Lilly, and I just looked terrified. So. <laughs> For, yeah. From Christine Lilly, the nicest person in the world. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think, like, you know, one of the things that I've been talking about, and I, I spoke with Angela for my big Angel City story that went out last week, is just in terms of we have this new generation of players coming into power via ownership, right? Brianna Scurry is yeah, in that mix yeah. for the Washington Spirit, Angela Hughley's, um, Saskia Weber as well, Shannon Box for Angel City, right? Also, you know, women from other sports between Serena Williams, Candace Parker, <laughs> Naomi Osaka, right? Like we yeah. are getting that kind of shift to some extent in power, but even in terms of like just this through line of seeing the generations from a player point of view, was there was there something there that, because it, it feels like it just naturally came out of almost reporting the story. Yeah, it wasn't it was natural. Like I didn't I didn't see it until after, right? You just you know it, it's it it start thinking where where does this start? Like where's the beginning, right? I think I went all the way back to England. You did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yo, where, where does this begin? Uh and inevitably, right, you end up coming to North Carolina, right? And that's kind of the essence. Shockingly, there isn't much about this, about women's soccer, really. Yeah. Before the 80s, yep. right? There isn't much. So that was a little jarring on its own, right? Like in the 80s, like we had computers and stuff. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like we were drawing on stone tablets in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yep. I could look up ABA stats. You feel me? So it's not yeah. like we yeah. were just in this. That does not exist we, on, on like there's no, just. No, there's nothing there. There's nothing. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, but but the the part that really stood out was the the representation. Like there was there was always one, right? It's one per era. There's one, right? Um, here you go. Then you then there's there's maybe two. Like you got like you know Shannon Box and Sydney Larue. Like in in the you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it, you could just but you could see the the kind of slow snail's pace. And then when you start hearing her stories about. Like just the just the experience and the existence, right? Um, uh, you uh, you put me onto the Crystal Dunn statement about being seen as an athlete, and this is 2021, right? And it's like, yo, she's just an athlete. Lynn Williams was talking about that. Like people just see that I'm fast. Yep. Like what was it in '84? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so, you could just see um, they're they're pioneers without the pioneer kind of swag, without the pioneer reputation. You know, that that part was interesting to me. It's like there were these people who were first, right? There were these people who were early and we don't even know who they are. Like, yeah. I didn't know who they are. I, I didn't know who they were. I mean, I talked to Carla. I mean, I plan now like Carla is my cousin, Carla Thompson, right? I mean, I, I, I don't I know nothing of the early Colorado college teams that were, you know, like were beasting in basically AAU soccer, right? Like. <laughs> This is stuff like you just don't know. You just don't know what it took to get to this point. For me, it began with Brianna Scurry, right? That's where it began. It's the first prominent black women's soccer player that I saw. And, you know, I'm talking about, I'm covering the Snickers, like, youth soccer, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Snickers Youth Soccer Championship, (laughs) you know, the Pleasanton Rage, right? Stanford women's soccer, right? The Bay Area is just full of this stuff. And it was... Brianna Scurry, right? Uh, so, I just watching the lineage and seeing like, you know, the people who were involved in it, and 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 truth be told, uh, there's a part of soccer that's supposed to be that way, and the confusing part is how did America's soccer get that way? Yeah, right. Like there is no more inclusive sport than soccer. Like, like you find one. <laughs> there's no more. There's no more sport where it's like, yo, everybody can play. Like, come on. 
Yeah. Like play. Like it's not about money, where you're from, nothing. So it's just weird. How did how did we get this way? It is like, like it went through the America filter, and we were like, yeah. capitalism. Let's ruin it, and then yeah. we're gonna just make money off of this thing permanently. And so now, how do and we wh- like peel back those the, layers? Why didn't the world bite that model then? Like, why hasn't the world said, "All right, let's do the same thing and make a bunch of bread off of it"? Yeah, like there's I've, something about the essence of soccer that's just not supposed to be that way. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel right. So it was just. Like all this stuff, I didn't know. Like none of this stuff, I knew. I knew none. I knew Brianna Scurry was nice, right? <laughs> That's it. I knew she represented my era. She had the curl, right? She was a monster. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it was like let's go. And that and that's where it started. But now nah, it was a whole a whole lineage before that. And then, like you said, from there even on, where you don't really get much love. Uh, so it was just good. It was good to it was good to show their story, right? It was yeah. good to, to talk yeah. about them. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's one quote from her, or from you actually, when you're talking about Brianna Scurry, like watching the Challenge Cup, right? As as we get that first opening moment of the Challenge Cup tournament when everyone yeah. on the field is kneeling, we have statements coming. And you said, um, somewhere Brianna Scurry was watching, this was a moment, that surprising instance when toil becomes harvest. And that to me is just such Yo, an- I wrote that? You did. <laughs> Yo, this dude is nice. I need to read this thing. That's funny. <laughs> But like I that to me is just such a moment of thinking like, because I like I don't want to pretend the end of is perfect. It is not perfect. I don't want to even pretend like the players are, are currently like at a level where they need to be at because they're not. But I think that, you know, I spoke to Crystal Dunn leading up to the Challenge Cup and she was just saying, we're having these conversations. It needs to be from this place where everybody is is in it to win it, Right. And to then think yeah. about these conversations that are happening amongst players at this level, and then to just think about Brianna Scurry watching it on a TV somewhere, is just such a, it just blows the framing kind of wide open in a way that I don't know if I'd ever considered before. Yeah, that was the first thing I wanted to know. I know I felt that way watching it. I felt a certain way watching it, right? I felt a certain way watching the sky blue, right? <laughs> and <laughs> it was just like, I wonder what and I wonder what Brianna felt, right? Like she was kind of the pioneer of at least the visibility of black women in soccer. I wonder how she felt, right? So she was somebody I I had to get just because and you know, of course she understood like these things don't happen overnight and like you you just been through it enough to where this is where I credit soccer like the question often isn't like, can this be fixed? Like sometimes it's like, yo, can we just talk about that? This is happening, right? Can we just have the conversation? Can you just acknowledge the reality of my world that this is happening? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah. yo, we're, we're going to get to the solution part, but we can't even get there until you recognize that this is happening. Right? So I do think that is a bridge that women's soccer has crossed, right? Where it's like, you know, NFL might not have crossed it, but or maybe <laughs> they did. I saw a couple of commercials. But the idea is, yo, let's we're gonna have the conversations. Like first we're gonna step up and say, yo, we want this. And then now we have to do the work to do it, right? Uh now we have to put forth the effort. And there's no question that NWSL has been part of that. And just the conversations that they were having. They're not pretty. They're not like they they aren't producing like these perfect little uh, 
outcomes that are Instagrammable. Right. Like it's just the man when when you when you love people and you try to live with people and you appreciate humanity, it's the work that matters, right? It's the work like it's it's the fifty million Slack messages I send you. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yo, this dude just harasses me. Like, that's just how it's going to be. That is not He's what I needy. say. It's just very needy, but I love him. So, you know, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I promise you, it's like 9 p.m. And I'm like, yeah, she's probably chilling. She's, you know. But you know what? She'll get it in the morning. And then yeah. here you go. You respond. So, but, but it's not even like we need to get to a point where we can figure out how to handle this. This is it. Like, it's the conversation. It's the dialogue. Um, it's, it's how you make people feel like people. So... I definitely feel like there are women in soccer who are feeling heard and are feeling like, yo, we out here and you're going to recognize us. Uh, and the last incident with the Athletes Council was a perfect example of like, yeah, we hear you. And part of it is just getting in the mud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I also think like it, part of what I wanted to talk to you about, too, is the fact that, you know, someone like Carla Thompson who is on the inside, right? Like there's so many parts to, if we're going to make American women's soccer, soccer in general, better, you do need like outside pressure. You need the players involved, but you also need kind of like people on the inside of these institutions who are also pushing. And Carla Thompson to me, who is, you know, she's a, she's a coaching person for, for us soccer who has been kind of, I don't want to say like front and center because us soccer doesn't really know how to do that all the time. But like, you know, I have seen her <laughs> her name pop up in a lot yeah. more kind of more official capacities. Um, but, you know, I think that she she kind of is this voice of realism, especially in the story where, you know, she's saying like, I don't know if there's been this concerted effort yeah. or culture change that has allowed for more black people to play soccer in this country. Like, actually what's happening is black people are assimilating into a white culture that plays soccer or they're coming up financially that allows them a way to actually pay to play the way that white people do. Like we haven't brought soccer to communities in a meaningful way yet. Yo, she was the mind blowing component of it. Right. Uh, You know, Lynn was like, let me give you the real, right. Sarah Gordon was a straight up savage was like, yo, uh, Yep. This needs to change now, right? Um, and obviously, Crystal has been so outspoken about it. But Carla was like, "Yeah, nah, I'm not giving, I'm not giving soccer credit." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, she was keeping it so one thousand, uh, and it's and she's in the mix, right? Like, this is the funny part, you know, when you start talking to people who are inside. Like, there's always this level of let me not say the thing. That misrepresents, but she was like telling it like it is. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you know, the real reason is black people make more money and they went to soccer, right? They're in the suburbs now. And I was like, you know, (laughs) that makes a lot of sense, right? When you think about it, that that makes a lot of sense. And that's where you start seeing that even, even with the sheer desire to say, yo, I want this sport to be inclusive and open and diverse, like, there's still work. Right. It's not enough to just say, you know, yo, I want this. Like there are things that have to be done. There there are actual things that have to be done. Uh, And she was like, soccer needs to reach back and not just essentially let life filter people to soccer. Right. Like, hey, if, if you end up with a little money, if you're from a middle class family, Right. Uh, she even she even brought up like interracial marriages. Right. Like the 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 fact that people are black people are into white culture because their parents are half white. Right. Um, these are things that you just aren't thinking about, but they're so systemic and ingrained that you don't think about it until somebody's thinking somebody brings it up. Right. right. So the fact that she's in U.S. soccer willing to say it. And if she's willing to say it to me, can you imagine what, she, <laughs> right. what is she saying in the meetings, right? <laughs> if she's saying it on wax in public, what is she saying in the meetings? Yeah. So I was like, yo, she is a gangster. Like, this is how these Thompsons roll, first off. That's why I was like, you got to be my cousin. Where's your family from, right? <laughs> but she, like, the context she was putting in, and she just wasn't a fan of letting soccer off the hook. Because there are more rep- there, there's more representation, right? She just wasn't, she wasn't about the life. I was about the life of 
good job, soccer. Look at all these black women. She was like, pause, pump the brakes. Yep. Let me tell you what we're not doing. And just to have somebody inside, first off, like, you kind of got to give U.S. soccer a little credit for putting her in the position and making her feel comfortable, comfortable enough that she could say it, right? So I'm going to give them their props for that. Like, yep. she feels secure enough to say it. Yeah, you have to record. feel, and I like yeah. that's like the Crystal Dunn thing too, right? Where yes. she she did not speak up for so long because she did not feel comfortable speaking up because she was like, my place on the team isn't secure, right? Yeah. Like I'm watching Megan Rapino kneel next to me, and I'm standing there myself, going like, I can't do this. She yeah. she's gonna face consequences that I can't afford right now. And now we have a, a Crystal Dunn that is not afraid to speak her mind, which is yeah. an incredible thing that we should have been enjoying this whole time. But I do think seeing Carla Thompson's quotes where I'm just like, you feel empowered to yes. say this. That's, that's, I don't think we can like overstate how important that is. It's not nothing. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. It's not nothing. She was not, she was like, I'm going to tell you like it is. And, you know, obviously the DEI committee, the council had begun. So they were already kind of having these conversations and the track record of U.S. soccer ain't great on this. So it's something that they've, probably been aware of but i do think it's important that they got somebody in there who, who's gonna tell them like it is right and that, yeah that matters she she was great to talk to too by the way like you know she i, I was hyped man let me tell you <laughs> man i was like look i'm look at this roster right here look at this like yeah was like hold on pause like yeah. nah 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 i'm not giving them that nope we gotta work harder we gotta do more right yeah uh, and it's such a beautiful it's such a great game, right? I was talking to like Sarah. Sarah was really impactful because she's from Chicago, right? And she has connection with Southside where there's so much trauma that's happening, uh, so much life being impacted. And she's like, man, these girls could benefit. Little girls can benefit from this sport. Like, why would we keep it from them? Right. Why, you know, why this, this is something I can help. And it's something that helps people all over the world in similar matters. Why would we stop it here? So just the fact that Carla's like, nah, we got to do better. We can't just allow the ones who make it to our level to to, to take advantage of the sport. Um, like that, that, I thought that was important. Um, and I really don't want to come off as killing soccer, right? But yeah, I think we got to give them credit for, for putting these women in position to feel comfortable to speak their truth. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's been kind of one of the main takeaways over the past year is that I think that obviously there still is a lot of pressure to do more. And, and, and it's not like this kind of defensive thing, right, of like, why haven't you been doing this? But it's just like, let's think about all the stuff that we could be doing right now. Yeah, <laughs> now yeah. How do we get there? But also, I think the fact that the platforms are being opened up to a little more open and honest communication yeah, is, a, is a step that you can't skip past too that's what these players were dealing with it's so funny just hearing the stories of what they were talking about and what they were doing um I, my my heart was a little bit broken when brianna pinto told me she was pressing her hair so she'd get the ponytail and i was like oh my god <laughs> like that's deep yo that is deep on some like I don't know if you. I went to a black college, so we learned about all that stuff. And just the idea that this, you know, beautiful young woman is saying, "Yo, I want to press my hair because I need the soccer ponytail." Like, yo, that was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, yeah, but there's but also the, like, it's not just the race thing too. It's also like these gender norms that have like infiltrated the sport facts. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah So like, there's multiple levels to it of like you're trying to be white, but you're also trying to absolutely. like emulate these gender norms where like every single logo of a women's professional league has had this it's like thin white woman with a ponytail right like, yeah right absolutely so <laughs> I didn't even think of that till you just said it that is true yeah that is true you're right yeah see you don't even think of this stuff it's so like natural that is a great i'm thinking you got me thinking of the the wusa yeah the WUSA logo got the ponytail i want to say I yes yeah i would need to but like if you yeah. were to google if you were to google Soccer, women's soccer logo. You're gonna oh, get. <laughs> it's just ponytail, ponytail, ponytail. Like that's, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> wow. I sure didn't think of that. Shout out to Crystal for uh, going with the, with the fro. I appreciate it. Yeah. Represent All right. Crystal. So one of the other things too, and I think this also speaks to the conversation we're having, but like Sarah Gordon, right? 
and her her nonprofit in Chicago. But one of her her quotes to you in here is just like it's it's almost hard to know where to start when it yeah. comes to the culture gap. And you know, you've got some kind of like action items, right? Like in terms of the visibility piece is important, but the access piece is important. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the culture gap, I mean, one of the things that I just kept thinking about is like, okay, this has been like women's soccer in this country has just been like the dominion of white women for since basically title nine. Yeah. And like, how do we start to think about <laughs> taking back some of that stuff and saying, okay, like this logo doesn't need to be a woman with a ponytail. It could be something else. like that kind of stuff. Like how do we start thinking about like what benefits the game and benefits American women's soccer and what is actually like holding the sport back from being more inclusive and finding its ways in the spaces where we have to reach back and say, this is a sport. You know, we, we love, we love the one nation, one team line from us soccer. Yeah. Like how, how to, <laughs> is that, I believe, I believe is that a productive with, thing? I believe it starts with what you said in the beginning is this capitalist idea. Like soccer is a great money grab, yo. Like, I mean, that's just the bottom line. It is big business, and uh, I, I wonder, like, if we were break it down into percentages, the 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 whiteness of women's soccer is it a byproduct of you know white culture just being the dominant? Ah, I knew I remember this. I knew I remember. I just it. showed yes. Marcus the logo to yeah. WSA. It is, in fact, a woman with a ponytail. I knew I remembered it. That's so funny. <laughs> I, I, I wonder how much of the whiteness of women's soccer, especially since Title IX, is a byproduct of white culture being dominant or is being about money. And that's yeah. who has the money, right? Uh, I, I feel like we're talking about NWSL and we've talked about U.S. soccer. And the probably the biggest problem of them all is club soccer, right? It's probably the greatest issue because... That is simply where the access is. You don't get to the higher levels of U.S. soccer without club soccer, right? And you certainly ain't get to the NWSL without club soccer. But there is no check and balance for club soccer, right? And from some of the stuff that I've learned about, you know, the tactics, like, it is shady. Yeah. I remember covering this stuff coming up as a high school reporter, and I remember there was a lot of complaints about, high school soccer hating club soccer because a lot of players were choosing yep. to play club and not play high school and how it was hurting the game. I remember writing them stories, how it was hurting the game and, you know, the Pleasanton, all great players for the Pleasanton Rage was not playing soccer because they was instead training. But those access issues, right, um, the fact that if you're pretty good, somebody sees it and you want to get more advanced training, like you got to pay somebody to do that right like that's man you start getting into those areas like that's a little wild right that's yep. that's special i mean and, and this we, is like that we're not talking like oh pay two hundred dollars to no, go play we're, on talking a club we're talking thousands thousands yes we're talking thousands if you i mean if you don't have two parents like <laughs> it's tough right like just just think about like brianna pinto says this all the time like i'm just glad i had my i had parents and her dad was a soccer player so she could get training from her dad but and this stuff exists in other sports, right? Like, you know, in basketball, you got to play AAU. There's passing camps in NFL. The difference is there's also opportunity for people who don't have the money. And the system has kind of been set up to prepare for that, right? Like, that 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 whole, yeah, you can play for the star AAU team, you got this money. But if you're good in soccer, you ain't got no money. Somebody's going to make sure... <laughs> You straight, right? Yeah. Or, or yeah. in basketball, somebody's gonna make sure you straight. In soccer, it's like, yo, if you don't have the money, you just might be out, and we don't even know if you're good because we're not even checking for you until you get into our world, right? So that's, I think that's where we we gotta begin examining club sports and the development system and and access, like, certain who controls the fields where play is happening. Like yep. who, who controls them, right? Like that that is important in soccer. It's not like it's not like hoop where you could throw up, you know, a rim yeah. somewhere, right? Like, yo, you need space and 
grass of it. in and theory, the people, right? Yeah, in theory, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, the, I, I feel like the big strides need to be made in examining the club practices because that's where the development is happening. And if you talk to any of these women who play soccer and how they made it, one of the reasons they're going to say is, I'm thankful to my parents <laughs> for for breaking bread, right? Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. for putting up the money that it took for me to play. Uh and as I grew up, man, but I didn't have anything. So I know I was I was living off the police athletic league recreation, you know, that like that's all I had. So soccer's got it. I, I how do you fix that? Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is that they got to figure out a way to say we're making all this money. So we didn't even say, I'm not saying stop, shut down the system. I'm saying if you're making all this money, use that as a responsibility to make sure there are the people who aren't, who can't afford it can play. And it benefits the game. Like it yeah. literally benefits the game. I mean, how many unknown soccer stars have not been discovered? Not because they were playing at some park somewhere and nobody saw them, but because they never even tried to play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're so not that, getting recruited, right? Like part of it too is just are you yes. recruiting people in, in cities compared to suburbs? Right? No like question, right? Yeah. I mean Some of these I, stories are wild, yo. Like club teams literally renting out facilities, booking them and excluding who could come on. Like they can do that. They can yeah. rent out a facility or like a local park and just book it. <laughs> and be like, yo, yeah. you ain't with our team. Or if you're if you're on the if you're on the club team and you got a problem with the coach, right? There's no club team near you for another hour, so you got to deal with the coach for driving an hour, right? Like this type that type of control yep. and manipulation, and it's all about money, right? So, for and me, again, I we're talking like, about the intersection of gender too, where. Yes. The boys' teams probably have more access. Oh my gosh! Yes, compared they do. to the girls' teams. Can you so imagine? Like, Which has always been weird to me, though. By the way, because I mean, can we be frank? Like, don't we care more about women's soccer than men's? Can I say that? I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say that. My bad. My fault. My yeah, fault. I mean, like, it, me. I mean, I think it is interesting, though, just in terms of are we are we actually thinking about the growth? of soccer in this country and the, the yeah. access of soccer in this country, right? Like U.S. soccer's mission statement as a federation is to make soccer the preeminent sport in America. Like that is yeah. their goal. So are we thinking about the development of both boys and girls in the same fashion? Are we thinking yes. about having point. access look the same on both sides of the development pathway? Are we thinking about class, race, gen like all of these things coming into it and how they might intersect with a kid deciding to play soccer or not. And I think a huge part of the problem here is the fact that there are a lot of hands in the pie and all of them want to make money. I mean, yeah. But how much? How much is enough? Or yeah. can you at least be enticed by the fact that if you do this right, you'll make more money? <laughs> like, I mean, like... It's it's just, to me it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to not grow the game like there's no benefit from not growing the game. Yep. Like I, I just I don't understand that. Like it's such a great game. It's such a glow. It's the world sport. Except and then you get here, and it's not. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Like yeah. I'm in I'm in West Oakland, right? I'm in the hood, and they're like we got a a, a boom and skate park around the corner. Like people will, people will play. You set them up; they they will play. They're gonna find. You know what I'm saying? Like you would have never thought there's a skate park in West Oakland, right? Where Bill Russell grew up, right? But yeah, people skate. Like we skate. Where where's somebody playing soccer? Yeah. Right. Like you know what I'm saying? Like why why wouldn't you want? That? I just that's the part for, for, that I don't get. Like why would you wanna? Close it off. You can still have that element, but also have this other element, like 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 what DC Scores does, right? What about yeah. them? Like that's that's great what they do. They don't even deal with that club area. They're like, yo, if you go to a local public school, we're gonna set it up. We're gonna make, give you the access to play soccer. Like that. That's how you do it, right? Like that's for me. Yeah, it's not and, necessarily even changing what is already in place. Yeah. It's can you add? Absolutely. Can Just you add? add? 
And so, and I think sometimes there is kind of this defensiveness of like, why are you questioning the way it's always been done, right? And it's like, no one, like, yes, people are, are mad, but also like the question becomes, what comes next? What can yes. we do to increase? Not why do, like, let's limit what has already happened. Yeah, it's how yeah. do you open that up for so many more people? And I think that there is kind of this defensiveness of like, why are you why are you coming after like the way that it's always been done? It's been working. Like, look at the success of the national team. The national team wouldn't be this good if if it if it wasn't working already, right? And it's just like, but you could be doing a lot more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also, um, like we we I remember when they won the World Cup in '99. And there was this major push to get a professional soccer league, right? It's like, all right, it's hot right now. Let's go, right? Let's get it. Like, this is this is the moment. This is the time. And it's like, there, there are levels to this, right? What about, we're talking about soccer players. I don't play soccer. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm terrible. <laughs> but I love watching soccer. What yep. about fans of soccer? Yep. Right. What What about the power of having people interested in the game? You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's levels to this. Like so, do it. Like there are so many reasons, so many ways we can benefit. Uh, I, I tell you what, I, I'm not. I feel better watching a sport where I can see. I, I'm watching. Like I feel good to watch a diverse team. I feel good to read about people and be like, oh, well, she's from Ghana. Right. And now I'm looking this up. Right. Like this. There, there's something good. That's to me, that's soccer. To me, yeah. that's soccer, yo. Like to me, uh, it's it's Marta giving a speech about, you know, you know, cry now. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, yeah, that's that's soccer. Like, I don't know why we have to turn it into this, <laughs> this like secret society. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Like soccer's great. Like, let's enjoy it. Like all of us can enjoy. And, you know, if you even if you look at. The soccer fan base now, like I've been adopted as a Sky Blue fan, right, man? It, you know what I'm saying? We homies, like it's, <laughs> it's all great. Like we have a good time. Like why why would we exclude that? I just think there are so many more people who, if they got exposed to soccer, they would love soccer. Yeah. They would love it, and uh, it's it's the sports responsibility to to make that happen. And I'm gonna say follow Brianna Pinto, and you and you'll love it. That is, I I will <laughs> second that recommendation. She is just also uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. I have found like I only just joined TikTok because Portland got their sponsorship via TikTok. And then they said, "Okay, Crystal Dunn is going to become like one of the content creators for this team. And first of all, I want Crystal Dunn content. Second of all, I want Crystal Dunn and chickens content since she's got chickens in her backyard. But now also she has so many cats happening and like. You have to follow all these players across like every possible platform because you never know where all this content is going to show up. So like follow Pinto wherever she is. What, what's more marketable <laughs> than that? Like chicken yeah. cats and Crystal Dunn. Like <laughs> I just okay. Like let's actually end with this topic of because Crystal Dunn has has such a good argument for I want to be the face of U.S. soccer, right? Yeah. And to anyone paying attention. She is 1000% correct, right? And not just because of the talent on the field and not just because of chicken and cat content, right? But like, she is, to me, one of the players of this U.S. national team. And she has excelled in the league as well. Like, she is both potentially the face of the NWSL and U.S. soccer. So if you want to talk about Brianna Pinto being on a stage in Moscow, skipping her high school graduation in order to go be the face of U.S. soccer for 2026 World Cup. Like, in terms of players actively on the national team right now, Crystal Dunn. (laughs) And she is out here having to make her own case to be the face of U.S. soccer. And so, you know, you said at the start of this this podcast, I like to to have a moral of the story with my articles. And there's one thing of when I when I read through like I printed out your whole article so that way I could take some notes. But there's one line where I'm gonna read you your own words so that way you can Oh, let's go. Yeah. The way you read it make it sound good. <laughs> but you're you're talking about like the players have jumped in for ad- advocacy, 
but it also means investigating themselves. Despite its progressive bent, women's soccer is still need, in need of progress when it comes to racial diversity. The next generation is getting to work on it. But I think in terms of who is the face of U.S. soccer, like this is a conversation that we're now having for right, right now. now. Yeah. Yeah. Of who is in U.S. soccer promotional graphics when it comes to games. And you have Megan Rapino sharing a graphic that U.S. soccer has put out and replacing her own face with like a thing of Crystal Dunn over it because that's that's where she stands. I mean, Rapino is just incredible, so we're not we're not surprised at that. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm I'm for Rapino being the face, by the way. But this for me, I don't I don't get it. Maybe you can help me understand. Uh, I'm just gonna put on a business cap and say, why wouldn't you market Crystal Dunn? Like. What well, what's the reason not to? Um, I, I I don't get it for the life of me. Like from a capitalist point of view, like there's a whole market that is literally untapped, mm-hmm. <laughs> an entire segment of people who just would love Crystal Dunn, but don't even know she exists. Why not? Why wouldn't you do it? That's the question I would have. Like, um, why why isn't um, soccer saying we want to reach an audience and we have we have we have the enticing goods right there's nothing better than these women you know what i'm saying yeah. like this yeah like it's the same with um you know the WNBA. it's like yo you you want to you want to grow the sport show the women like they're great <laughs> like who like this is easy there's no is better tough. advertisement yeah. than just the players Man, themselves are you serious put give diana tarasi a microphone <laughs> and this is over right like i that, that's the part i don't understand um and and keep in mind i do understand i come from male sports right i come from where they have no problem Pitting magic and bird to get yeah. like let's milk this Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Like let's we gonna milk all this. Uh, right now it's LeBron and Steph, right? Yep, yep. It's not an ex- it's not an either or thing. Like I don't, I just I don't get it. I I don't get I don't. And there's a bit of humiliation in it. Like I gotta tell you how great I am, right? I have to tell you how worthy I am. It's a little crazy, like. How do yep. you, all you gotta do is look at Crystal Dunn, watch her play, like listen to her talk. Yeah. You know, also, like I mean, U.S. soccer's out here, like let's put Crystal Dunn mic'd up in practice. Like yeah. she's just like genuinely both a fantastic human being and also funny as shit. Like yeah, I mean, like that's the other part I mean, of this too. Is like yes, we have all this stuff, but like show if you want to talk about a player playing with joy and skill, Crystal Dunn. I don't, I don't get it. Maybe, maybe you can tell me what's happening. I just, I don't understand it. Like, I, I want to understand. It can't be as simple as she's black. That's too, that's almost too simple. <laughs> America's never had a problem getting black dollars. Like, go get, go get the bread, right? Like, I don't, I don't even get it. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. It's, it's right there. Like, it's, it's literally right there. There's nothing about worthiness. There's nothing about opportunity. Like go go ahead and do it. And she's gotta. She's kind of gotta say, "Yo, I'm I'm worth." Think for I don't know Crystal. I hear her talk. I've read her quotes. I've read the stories about her. She strikes me as somebody who it probably took something for her to get to the point to be like, "Yo, I'm nice." Why y'all don't see this? Right? <laughs> she probably spent her whole career saying, ah, "I'm not gonna do that. It's not about me." I'm a, you know what I'm saying? But she's gotten to the point where it's like. Man, hold up, man. I'm tired of this. Can y'all see that I'm nice? Like, why do I have yeah. to tell, you know, but what did it take to get there to, to kind of like validate yourself? I, I really don't understand. I, I don't get it. It feels more like, I, I wonder, here's what I wonder. I wonder if they just don't know how, right? It's easier to do it when you know the audience and you know what they like. They like the ponytail. Like, yeah. we know that, right? They We know they like the pretty ponytail like yeah 99 legacy is really like the girl next door right yeah yeah Yeah. oh man they they love it right uh and nothing to get there's nothing wrong with that like i got it there's another plan too right (laughs) you could you could also do this maybe it's they just don't know how to do it 
But, oh, man, what? Crystal Dunn is like, you don't get more marketable yeah. than that. Like, just all, all of the tools are there. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't get it. That's that's above my pay grade. I, I, I can see to you. Like I said, all <laughs> this, I'm just trying to kick it with you. That's it. That's I will say, girl. I think it is very exciting to have her go to Portland, right? Where I think that there is, like, if you want to talk yeah. about kind of the best possible platform from an NFL point of view. Sky blue would be better, I'm just <laughs> okay. saying. All right. But in terms of, you know, front and center on the TikTok announcement, obviously, right? Like all these really great, high quality photos put out of Crystal Dunn in the kit. Um, but also they are going to play her in her preferred position as a central midfielder, right? So like you're getting kind of the best of both worlds in terms of they understand the marketing potential. They understand the on-field potential. This might be finally like our first might look at it, yeah. at Crystal Dunn, like what is possible? Like is I every year should be the year of Crystal Dunn, but is 2021 like 2021 the year of Crystal Dunn? The year of Crystal Dunn. It should have been. I remember I remember thinking that watching them win the World Cup, like, yo, yo, she nice. <laughs> you know, like, no, she's nice. Uh who was the one did I write about it? That who she she locked up somebody. Oh, Diani. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was like, yo, <laughs> she is nice. Um that first off, of course, is Portland Thorns, right? You know what I'm saying? I hate the Portland Thorns. <laughs> oh. Of, of course they get crystal done. I gotta do it right. Um, yeah, this this will be a good model, right? And you know, I I know I wrote about it, but this it's funny to see that this stuff exists everywhere, right? But this idea of pigeonholing her as a defender, <laughs> like I that's another part I didn't know existed until Lynn was like, "Yo, I'm good because of all this stuff. I'm not just fast, right?" But the freedom she'll have to to play that way, that's kind of what I look forward to. I want to see what she can do when she isn't like categorize as yo you're an athlete i need you to mark right so i'm looking forward to seeing how she can produce as you know as a 10 because she's good i, th- I think yeah. i think she's actually underrated as a player i, would I think agree. she's underrated as a player I-, I feel like she's nice uh and you know obviously there's a lot of really good players you know i'm a big rose fan uh but i man Pound for pound, bar for bar, like Crystal is nice, yo. So I, I kind of wish she was with, you know, I want you to go to Orlando. You know, I was a big Pride fan until I was. So, until you, until got, until Scott, you got sucked yeah. in by, yeah. Yeah, I was a big Pride fan. Uh, why she go to Portland, though? I mean, Come to be on, fair, man. Portland is also paying her. So I, Portland, Portland's got three things. They, they understand the marketing. They are playing her as a number 10. And and, broke, yeah. and they they They're set paying. her up with a with one of the, arguably the best contracts in the league. So that's the, they're three Portland for three right at the moment. I do when not it comes want to Portland dunk. to win. <laughs> I do not want Portland to win. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I'm rolling against you. We need to put a wager on this. We need to bet something. The swear. Right. <laughs> I'm sure all the Portland fans will be, but still, oh, they're gonna you be know. so mad at me. Bring your smoke. <laughs> Bring your smoke. Let's go. <laughs> they don't want none of me. <laughs> I think that is a perfect place to have this conversation. So that way, as soon as people are done listening, they can come yell at you on Twitter. Yep, at Tom Subscribe. Bring me your smoke, Portland. What you got? The only Portland I roll with is Damian Lillard. <laughs> ah, they're going to be so bad at me. Sorry. Right. are the best. thank you marcus for your time thank you for the article again basically the entire episode is my my ask for everyone to go make time to read this article um including marcus himself who might need to reread it at some point tomorrow but (laughs) we need to thank you for the article (laughs) that's what we need to thank your name should be on that thing somewhere as much as much work as you did (laughs) all right i appreciate you Thank you again to Marcus for taking the time to go even deeper on this story. And just as one quick related note, the GoFundMe for the Black Women's Player Collective is still up and running. The link, as always, is in the show notes. Okay, one programming note for next week. There is no new episode of Full Time. So my editor smartly suggested that I take a little more time off before everything really starts winding up again. So 
let me be honest, I'm trying to not jinx myself right now (laughs) with an explosion of news here, but we will be back on April 1st with a brand new episode, and that one will also be completely free of practical jokes. I promise you, not a big April Fool's Day fan. All right, as always, one more thing. We do have a bracket challenge going in-house at The Athletic for both the women's and the men's tournament, and honestly, my plan is to just fully cheat off of my coworkers' guides to March Madness, but special shout-out to Chantel Jennings, who has obviously been on full-time before, and her guide to every single team uh, in the women's bracket. That is up on The Athletic right now. There's a link in the show notes, as always. If you are making picks, it is the perfect, perfect read. And hopefully, she's going to win me our little in-house athletic prize, but I guess technically we'd have to split it because I'd assume that she would use her own picks in our bracket. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. All right. As always, the home for the show is at fulltimepod.com, where you can find links to all the major podcast platforms, our 2021 trailer for the show, the link to the listener survey, and everything else you might need for this podcast. And again, a quick reminder that the direct link to the full-time listener survey is in the show notes. This should take five, 10 minutes of your time, maybe a little bit more if you want to go long, but again, it will help make this show better. Finally, don't forget that we've got that $1 a month new subscription deal running for The Athletic right now for people in the U.S. and Canada. You can subscribe off any NWCL or U.S. Women's National Team article to show your support of the coverage of women's soccer. My name is Meg Linehan, and you have been listening to Full Time with Meg Linehan. You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Meg Linehan and my work at The Athletic. Full Time does not exist without the work and support of senior podcast producer Michael Zimmerman. From The Athletic, I'm Meg Linehan, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.